recording, but this is just to kind of have some filler um, so that I can edit and put the intro and outro. Um, But one of the main things is just to remember, like, it's just a conversation. So it really is just sharing your story and just kind of what comes to mind. There's not a ton of editing just because it's super conversational, like, we're sitting at Starbucks and I'm just kind of asking you like, what is God doing in your life kind of thing? Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. um, so it's really kind of flexible. Uh, you may say something and I might throw a different question at you. That's not in that email list, but that's going to okay. kind of be our guide just to stay on track a little bit. So, okay. um, we will record for about 30 minutes, but if it goes over, then that's okay too. Um, because there's not like a set number. So, um, okay. I'll kind of wrap it up. And then at the end of the program, just ask how can people get in touch with you? And so, that's when you can point them to um, a website or social media, that kind of thing. So just to be able to connect that way. So do you have any questions before we get started? Um, Only the the link after the recording, I'll have an access to that, right? Uh, What do you mean? Like I can post it on my um, social media or Yeah. So it'll post tomorrow actually. And so, um, once I have the link to that, I can send it to you and then, um, that way you can kind of have it. And then, uh, at the end of the recording or sometime today, if you don't mind shooting me a headshot that I can use. And then if you have like an official bio that you want used in the show notes and in the social postings and stuff, then you're welcome to email me that as well. And then I can include that in. Okay. That sounds great. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Any other questions before we get started? Not that I can think of. (laughs) Okay. And then you to just to pronounce your name, just to be sure it's Simone Lake. Yeah. Simone. Uh Simone. Okay. Got it. Perfect. All right. Well, let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of At the Table. It's Jackie King, and I am so excited that you're joining in on another week of hearing the stories and how God is using women all across the globe here in the SBC. Today, I get to invite a new friend onto the show that I've gotten to connect with, and her name is Simone Lake. Hey, Simone, thanks for joining us today. Hey there. How's it going? (laughs) Good, good. Why don't you tell us, where are you recording from right now? I'm recording from Arizona. Okay, Arizona. Mm-hmm. So what is the weather like? Like how is the day starting the out for you? The weather is sunny and really nice in the 60s. I live, um, my husband and I live in northern Arizona, so we do get the snow and the rain a little bit more chillier than Phoenix, which is okay. um, a little bit warmer. I have never been to Arizona, but um, a lot of my friends have gone and like posted pictures and it's honestly really pretty. Like it's a different kind of pretty, you know, um, there's it not a, a, a lot of green. It really is. State. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to come visit so I can actually yes, see it for myself. Please do. <laughs> so man, you have so many gifts and talents that I am really excited about tapping into today. So why don't you just kind of first off, just introduce yourself a little bit. Obviously, you're in Arizona. Like, are you born and raised there? How are you connected to the SBC? Just tell us a little bit of the get to know you questions. Oh, okay, sure. Well, I was uh, raised most of my life in Arizona. My um, parents moved here when I was in like um, younger elementary school age. So I would classify myself as a native Arizonian (laughs) and um, lit in the Phoenix area. And then um, met my husband at um, Grand Canyon University. And then we moved north. Um, about two hours north of Phoenix, and um, the Lord had a whole new uh, job description for the both of us, so (laughs) Hmm. I I did not grow up as SBC, although I was a Christian at a very young age with um, my mom, with the help of my mother, 
I'm one of those that was saved at a very young age when my mother came into my bedroom and shared with me about God and and then was raised in the church. Um, my um, As a Christian, my parents were Christians, raised me as a Christian, just had a wonderful family um, that taught me about Christ and my two grandmothers, my grandfathers passed away before I was born, but my grandmothers also showed and demonstrated the love of Christ and the importance of knowing God and church attendance and all that. And so um, it wasn't until uh, the Lord actually called my husband to pastor our church. And um, it was real interesting because it's a small rural area. And I remember the first time the request came in, we took a drive. And immediately when I saw the church, I knew in my spirit, this is something that we're going to do. But I had no clue that it was SBC or what SBC was. I just knew <laughs> God called us to this church. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So tell me a little bit about just what you were feeling in those moments. Because, I mean, did he have any apprehension? Did you have any apprehension? Especially, um, you know, like just kind of stepping into a brand new organization, a new denomination. What were some of those feelings and kind of maybe uh, fears even of stepping into this <laughs> new role? Well, it was real interesting. I, I thank God that he put it on my heart that this, mm. you know, like I said, once I saw it, I knew it was of the Lord and I knew it was no turning back. And it's real interesting because um, my undergrad is in uh, education. So at the time I was a public school teacher and when um, my husband and then um, both my husband and I, we have served in a variety of churches on leadership. I mean, we are not pew sitters. The Lord, whenever, <laughs> you know, throughout our marriage, we would just, we were always leading in some way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even at that time, we were involved with another church and had like three or four different small groups and things we were involved with. And so, yeah, it was real interesting because um, it was a whole new um, transition, if you will. I remember I was seeking the Lord to find out, okay, if my husband's a pastor, what does that make me? What do I do? Mm, you know, and yeah, really seeking. Yeah. And growing up, I had never uh, experienced that model. I wasn't a PK or MK or, you know, pastor's kid or, or missionary's kid. But um, I knew Christ and I dedicated my life to him, you know, about 13 years of age when I went to camp. So I knew about the Lord and, um, but there, it was a little apprehensive. So I remember the first thing I did was um, I need to get connected to find out what exactly is SBC. So I got very, very connected with our association. I love and that. that's yeah. how yeah. a lot of the doors had, had opened up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. them. I love that. Okay. So tell me, how long have you guys been um, at the church that you guys are at? We've been at our church for 20 years now. Okay. Yes. So uh -huh. a good long while. And then how about kiddos? Nope, we have lots of spiritual children and a yes. four-legged furry child <laughs> that greeted me this morning with muddy paws. As I oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. But That's always good. a, a fun way good. to start the day. Okay, so I love just kind of bringing out some of the points of your story already because it's not something that, like, was really clear-cut for you, you know? Like, it was just kind of as the seasons came and as you and your husband were following the Lord and then um, just doors opening. And so... So yes. um, I love how you're even just kind of highlighting how God 
I mean, really from education to now you're the state women's director, you're a pastor's wife, you're a Bible teacher. I mean, you wear so many hats. And so looking back and kind of seeing how he was growing you along your journey, what were maybe some of the things looking back that you're able to see how God really opened up those doors so clearly for you? Right, right. Well, um, like I mentioned before, my focus was on education. My parents were educators. And so even though I attended church, I did not have a view or understanding of, you know, leaders in church or how to Mm -hmm. serve your church. You know, we Mm -hmm. attended church and I would watch my father as an usher or, you know, and that's all my experience. And even when I got older, I would, um, my precious mom, we would do like the annual women's event. You know, I had, I would attend but I had no clue because I was out in the workforce, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, it took me on my knees in prayer to ask the Lord, you know, what? So my first task at our church actually was um, the prayer leader. Just it was a heavy burden. Those people who know me well, I am a prayer <laughs> and um, just mobilized uh, and saturated our church with prayer on every level, not just prayer, but fasting and prayer. And then uh, through that, doors would open up in our association where people would start inviting me to um, come and, and teach and speak at conferences, whether it was on an associational or the state level. But uh, the thing that was very interested, um, so if people understand the education uh, profession, uh, you always are going back, taking classes and working on your um, master's or whatever. And every time I wanted to do that, it's like the door shut. But then when my husband um, signed up for seminary and I was um, straightening up in the house and I was picking up the brochures and all, I just really started looking through that and felt like God called me to seminary to work on my master's in theology. And so my question is, okay, what am I going to do with that? You know, me, my practical mind, what am I going to do with that? And by faith, by faith, Jackie, I had to take a step of faith and say, I'm just taking every single class and I'm getting this degree and I, I don't know what it looks like. Hmm. And, um, but I was obedient to the Lord mm-hmm. and I enjoyed the classes and I enjoyed the whole process. And so I think that was something that it wasn't really difficult, but it was something new for me that, you know, when people would come up and say, oh, what are you, what's your degree on? And you're telling them, oh, I'm getting my master's in theology well, what are you going to do with that? And I'd be like, I'm going to be serving the Lord. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I don't know yet. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of like similar things that I know I have felt in my own personal story. And then even just talking with women, because I think so many of us, especially in the SBC and those that are in leadership, just different capacities. It's something that we like didn't decide as little girls, like, okay, this is what I'm going to be when I grow up, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that it really is just kind of a step-by-step thing to where God is using the different places, the different backgrounds that we have. And so even in education, um, and then your passion for prayer and fasting and how you could take that to the local church and to the association. And so I think it kind of opens up the door for us to talk a little bit about just how maybe that yields a very 
like insecure feeling of, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, like I, I'm just doing this step by step. And so over and over again, I think on this podcast, we have heard stories of women that, you know, are just taking the moment and trying to be obedient to what God is calling them to do and then trusting him with the future. And I know even, you know, with you joking about, okay, I'm going to start seminary, but what am I going to do with this? And how, how is this going to be an income for me? You know, like, is it weighing mm-hmm. out? I know I've had that mm-hmm. conversation with women. And so there's so much good, I think, in just trying trusting him. And I love how you're pointing out that we have to have faith that if he is leading us to develop, if he's leading us to dig deeper into theology and classes and school and those kind of things, he's not going to return that void. And so there's so many times where I'm talking with women and they're trying to kind of juggle out, like, do I go to seminary? Do I not go to seminary? And I'm like, just go, just try a class. And it's crazy how it changes you as a wife, as a mom, Mm -hmm. as a minister, as a coworker, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so- I'm just really encouraged by your story because I think a lot of us have kind of been in your shoes, you know, or are in your shoes to where we're just trying to kind of piece together, like, I don't necessarily have formal training or I'm right in the middle of trying to decide, do I want to jump in? And so there's a lot of encouragement there, I think, to just take the next step, right? (laughs) And that is the number one way in how God is using me now, which Mm. back then when I entered into seminary at Gateway Seminary, it was something that I would have never thought of. It would have never come to mind, but I would say the number one way in how the Lord uses me now is discipling women in their roles in church and encouraging them in that role, um, no matter what the title might be, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's a church ministry. When I was um, serving in um, a ministry team, we did uh, uh, overseas type of a three-year program with Middle Eastern women that served in a variety of leaders. And so as a variety of leaders and the definition or their title is different. I remember there, they had uh, women that were in charge of the benevolence or orphanages or, you know, the women's ministry, children. They might be, um, you know, depending on the church, whatever role the Lord has given them and how can they serve effectively as a woman and as God has called them to um, be faithful and diligent. And so one thing I am just so grateful you know, with um, our church that people can visually see women in a variety of roles. Mm. There are women on our praise and worship team. And we have, um, and we're training up the children as well. So you'll see young girls, you know, serving on the praise and worship team, um, the young ones collecting offering and giving announcements. And so visually we can see both genders serving in our churches because that's the example that we have for people that are, sitting on the pew and watching. Mm-hmm. And um, an, another area that I serve, so that's one of the main areas, along with Bible teaching that I think the Lord has for me in both those two areas. And so um, the Gateway Seminary has a women's network where I'm one of the teachers as well. And it is a discipleship mentee program where I'm partnered with women around um, the U.S., and uh, that are in leaders. And so very, um, various women are involved with this program where they watch an online webinar for a month and then I connect with them and we discuss it. And I'm one of the teachers in that um, group and I'm encouraging women in Hawaii and Alaska and all over um, how to serve confidently in the giftings that God has for us, you know, Mm. despite their difficulties and struggles and, um, you know, they're feeling like they're a fish going, (laughs) you know, (laughs) upstream in the opposite direction. And 
um, just being that example and then encouraging other women in the same way. Yes, I love it. I love what you're doing through Gateway. I mean, this is a big shout out to Alicia and so many of our yes. Gateway women that um, are really trudging the way. And I think even in launching this network and just kind of watching stories of women go forward, there are so many women that have gone ahead of us. But then also we're doing so much of the work right now to really kind of build up that pathway for women behind us. And it's yes. so exciting to see women coming on board and using their gifts and standing a little bit more confidently, I think, in what God has called them to do and how we get to watch them and cheer that on. So yes. one of the roles that you have is that you are the women's director for the state of Arizona. And Arizona is not one of our Bible Belt, you know, quote unquote states. So I really kind of want to delve into what does ministry look like there? What are maybe some of the challenges right. and some of the processes that you've really tried to encourage women to do in their discipleship process as well as leadership development? Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about what's going on in Arizona. Yes. Well, um, in 2014, one of the, the state leaders invited me to do a think tank, and we met at the state offices and gathered all the women from our state, women leaders that are working. And something to, to note, interesting, interestingly, in our state, the three, four major uh, universities, we have um, female collegiate um, women that are serving as the leaders on U of A campus, ASU, um, um, ASU, U of A, and NAU, and all those campuses, and um, they are basically on the front line of the next generation coming mm -hmm. in with Christian awesome. challenge in our yeah. state. And so anyway, that's kind of how I started. And so I would say my role there is more of not necessarily a director, but more of a connecting um, a force where I'm always connecting. I'm available for women if they need somebody to um come out and teach, train, and equip, but also for um, networking. You know, people are looking for somebody to come as a speaker or somebody to serve in a certain particular area or they're having a conference. Um, also, I will go out and speak with the churches as well. And, um, and as far as um, our state, initially I work with the association. So there's various associations Basically, they're just going out in the field and finding out what are the needs, what are areas that you need as women, and then providing those things such as, you know, the teaching, training, and equipping. And um, a lot of women um, cannot go to seminary for a variety of reasons. And um, what are some other options for them? What are some other options for women who still want to be trained and still want to um, be taught and equipped, but they um, might not be able to um, go to seminary or drive that length of way. And uh, also within our state, we have um, a large church planting model. And so when my husband started, it was, we kind of followed that model, even though the church building was actually already there. And so a lot of women that are coming into our state, this is the a first time journey for them. And that's something that I've already gone through that journey. And so I pour into them as well, the church um, but just may, mainly to network and connect with the women in our state in the areas of teaching, training, and equipping them, but also encouraging them in their role. And uh, my husband is one of the professors at our Arizona seminary, so I usually am with him, and I'm connecting with these women 
this is their first or second class. And they're like, why am I here? (laughs) I'm just obeying the Lord. (laughs) And so I am there as a visual, um, you know, person to, to cheer them on and to encourage them. And then also throughout our state, we have in various churches and associations and also statewide different conferences and, and different trainings that a large amount of leaders throughout our state are involved with and serving and directing. And so I'm usually involved um, at the table with those events and connecting with networks. Like we recently had a state meeting, we're getting ready to do our annual state women's conference. And so we were at the table um, gathering speakers and people, um, the steps of uh, fulfilling this conference and getting this conference um, completed and praying and interceding. And so I kind of have, um, my hand did all those things in a way. Yeah, <laughs> anything <thanks> so much. <laughs> anything that has to do with prayer and women, women's ministries on our state level and association, I'm usually there oh, <laughs> in goodness. some way or capacity. Yeah, and it sounds like such an amazing opportunity. I love how you're just talking about all of the different ways that God is using and bringing up even every generation. You've got college campuses and women leading there um, all the way to across the state and trying to organize an event, you know, for women all across Arizona. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious, is there maybe um, just a story or something specific to where you're thinking of a woman that you met with or that God is just doing like amazing things through the college campuses? Is there anything that you can kind of share just of a a story of how God is moving? Um, yes, I've got um, just a, a couple of stories. One thing that um, I love to see is that we don't have to leave our state in regards to doing missions internationally when it comes to collegiate ministries. Because if you look at our universities, there are massive amounts of people coming from all over the country because they want to work on their um, doctorate or master's or what have you in a certain area. And they come over here and they find Jesus. And one story that stands out to me is um, actually just hearing the story of um, an Asian individual that um, their father happens to be a very high prestigious authority figure in um, an Asian country, like um, the very top of the line. (laughs) Hmm. And they were able to come here and their challenge after graduation was going back and being able to um, share Christ with their father and um, also the possibility of being ostracized and, uh, you know, having to live a life of seclusion away from their family. So that's mm-hmm. one story that comes to mind. Another one yeah. is when um, I was uh, given the opportunity to speak at a women's conference this summer. It was a three-day women's conference, and I usually speak on Uh, the topics of theology or apologetics or spiritual disciplines in some form, you know, give or take. And these group, uh, this group of women, these women were so moved. They asked me, would you please disciple us? And so we are on Zoom monthly in a discipleship. And it's so exciting to see that because where their church is located um, near the, the, the ends of the area of, of Tucson, and they're close by Indian reservations. So we have a lot of Indian reservations out here in Arizona, wow. and yeah. a lot of um, tribes that have yet to hear the gospel of Christ. And so here I am pouring into them, and they're gathering all this information so they can take it out and pour it into all, not just women in their church, but women in their um, extended areas of community. 
to share Christ with. And, you know, the saying this past weekend, I spoke at a church in regards to spiritual disciplines. And some people are interested in that topic and some people don't really care about not eating and <laughs> praying and <laughs> spending hours studying the Bible like I do. I could go on forever and ever with that, you know, and and they were once again, their eyes lit up. They are so intrigued. And during the break, they um, are talking about gathering this information, taking this information and taking it to their families, to their different communities. And and a, another story that just it just really blesses me too, just in our own local community. My husband and I were going out to celebrate Valentine's Day and the waitress invites me to teach Bible study at a transitional home for women. Hmm. And um, once again, they, these are women hungry for God's word. And, and the first day that um, we taught, <laughs> I just remember one lady came into the living room with their Bible, just singing praises, ready to dig into God's word. And so there are wonderful stories and so many more stories around the state where uh, myself and, and other women and other churches that are reaching out and um, they're being evangelistic and they're, they're um, wanting to grow themselves in Christ and then they're wanting to help others to grow. And so that's something that I love to see. They're not just going to take it all in and and usually when I'm teaching and developing leaders, it's pretty deep, you know, sound biblical theology, sound biblical doctrine in Christ and sound biblical, you know, apologetics. So people can know God and make him known to others. And it's just a blessing to see people uh, just cling to that or thirst for that and hunger mm -hmm. for that. And then um, replicating that going forward and, and doing what God says, you know, in Matthew 28, go and make disciples there. They're on it. They're on and they're about God's business. So um, so that's exciting for me to see as I, um, you know, my, as I'm involved with training leaders and seeing how the women are reacting to it, you know, mm -hmm. and people mm -hmm. in churches, they're taking it back to their churches. And uh, a lot of women work on um, their title is administration. So they are serving alongside, you know, pastors and elders in their various roles throughout their churches and they're bringing things to the table and they're being listened to. And we're seeing how, um, like another example that comes to mind is one particular woman had taken these prayer initiatives to her pastor because um, from her perspective, they were lacking in prayer at the church and she so desperately wanted prayer to increase. And um, they allowed her to come to the table with this proposal and they received everything she had. And so, of course, the one who thinks of the idea gets the job, right? So, <laughs> so now she is the prayer leader over her church, doing the same thing, mobilizing people in prayer, mm -hmm. saturating people in prayer, encouraging people to go out into the community because that is a great open door for prayer. If you have your Bible, people may or may not want to listen to you or they feel like, oh, you're forcing all the stuff on me. But if you ever walked up to a person and says, you know, can I pray with you? Or at least that's been my experience as I served in our community and in various roles as the door opens. I've never had anybody say no to me praying, you know, with me gently asking, would you like mm. for me to pray for you? Especially when people are pouring out their hearts or going through so many struggles and difficult times. I mean, and then of course now with all this, <laughs> yes, this um, yes. that's going on now, there's there's so people are in hard places. They're looking for hope. Mm -hmm. And just to show that compassion and to listen to them and then say, can I pray for you? 
And then pray, of course, in the name of Jesus Christ and pray, um, you know, sharing Christ with them and then checking back with them. I mean, just demonstrating the love of Christ. Hmm. And so that's exciting to see the women around our state serving in that way and then um, influencing their churches uh, to spiritual growth. And and so, um, yeah, I've got a couple of uh, video recordings on prayer and fasting with the, on our state level um, that's on the Equip Network that was mobilized and sent out to all the churches as a template or a plan because a lot of people, they know what they're supposed to be doing. They know what they need to do, but sometimes they get bogged down on the how-tos. How do I go about it? I just need a game plan. I just need a strategy to get it implemented. And um, and so that's exciting to see people going out and being faithful and diligent to God's word. You can hear the mm-hmm. excitement in and just the passion, I think, in your in your tone and in your voice of just getting to celebrate all that God is doing in your state. And I think even this repeated theme of how hungry women are for the word, for yes. theology, for good and deep teaching. And you can just hear how um, just it's multiplying, you know, and that's what the beauty of the gospel is that God invites us in to see how he is going to move and how big he is and how much he takes like our measly offerings, you know, of trying to minister and come alongside different people and all of those insecurities of thinking, I don't know how to do this, you know, exactly like Mm -hmm. what you just mentioned. And yet he still takes that and uses it and propels the gospel out to people. And so as you mentioned, um, just kind of with our final moments, like our world is really in a panic right now. Um, And I'm sure everyone has been (laughs) on social media and the news cycles and all of that with the coronavirus. And so Mm -hmm. I want to spend our last couple moments of really kind of hashing through leading through um, just the heart. And I think even you bringing up prayer and offering prayer to people and being willing to listen, you know, and and meet them where they're at. So in our final time together, I really kind of want to just throw out what are some ways that we lead well through a crisis like this? And especially even you, um, you know, you're coming off of a conference and teaching this weekend where everything Mm -hmm. is really starting to shut down, you know, churches are going online. So how would you encourage women to really lead well in this really uncertain time? Yes, I would encourage the women to um, love God and love your neighbor. I mean, basic, simple things. How do we do that? And um, it's interesting that people started going out and shopping and buying items. And, um, you know, when within our church, I serve with administration. So it's interesting, you know, how I serve in our church, association, statewide, all these different levels, but it's the same message across the board. How are you ministering to your neighbor? And so we've put out there for our local church to encourage our congregation, check in on your neighbors. What do they mm. need? Yeah. So when I was grocery shopping, only because we would just happen to be out of groceries, it was our time to do it. I was gathering up multiple things because we have a neighbor across the street that is elderly and retired uh, police officer and suffering. And there are people within our church and there are churches within our association that have needs. And are we willing to share our items? Mm -hmm. Are we willing to serve our neighbors? Are we willing to go the extra mile to minister to them by checking in on them, praying with them? This uh, fear is um, just plagued the whole world. And there are people just 
in horrific fear. They are scared to death and they don't have family around them. How are we ministering to them? And so we're encouraging people within our church to love people by calling them, reading them scripture, pointing them back to Christ, encouraging them in those things. But then also in the practical as well, make sure you wash your hands, <laughs> make <Yeah>. sure, <laughs> you know, you, you clean your surfaces and, um, you know, you cough in your clothing or your elbow, as they say, you know, those practical things as well. But uh, when so many people are out hoarding, it's like, um, are we willing to take some of our items and give that to our neighbors to demonstrate the love of Christ? And then in the midst to point people to Christ, um, mm. we're praying for divine appointments. I mean, when people are looking for hope and they're desperate and they're scared, we can we can look at all the past times in our history when we see that churches are increasing, people are um, coming to church more than attendance. These are opportunities where we can share Christ and make him known to others in a loving and a kind way and um, encourage people to come you know, to Bible studies and encourage people that we're praying for them and just continue to walk in that way and, and um, you know, make like, like I've made a commitment and, uh, whenever I'm gathered together with believers to encourage them to point yeah. to Christ, it's so easy to get yeah. caught up in the discussion of what's on the news. And, you know, you're around people, whether it's a small group or by, and you could spend 30 minutes talking about that topic and Christ isn't even mentioned. Hmm. Our Savior, who is currently sitting on the right-hand side of our Heavenly Father, praying for us, is interceding for us. There is hope, there's peace, there's comfort in those things. And to verbally say those things, reminding people to get their eyes fixed on Jesus during this time. And a lot of this comes from, um, I've got chaplaincy and disaster relief training mm -hmm. as well, dealing with different people in um, disastrous times and uh, whether it's within their own life or whether it's a pandemic or <laughs> yeah. epidemic or something that's out there, we represent Christ as Christians. We're his ambassadors. And we have to be faithful and diligent, um, you know, to do just that. And, um, you know, there are different discussions on different platforms. Uh, me personally, I'm not afraid of the virus. I'm not scared. I fear the Lord. <laughs> um, but I have enough knowledge to know my neighbors are not on that level. They're terrified. How am I going to interact with them? You know, I'm not going to scold them or demean them or try to talk them out of their fear. That's not practical, but instead demonstrate love, bring over some items, encourage them, see how they're doing. I think those are ways that we can, um, you know, demonstrate the love of Christ and, yeah. and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit opening up doors. And when people see that Christians and believers, that they're not running around in a panic state, they're going to ask us for the hope that's within us. Mm, yeah. <laughs> what an open door. They're yeah. going to say, how come you're so calm, you know, <laughs> or how come, you know, you're acting so peaceful when all this stuff's going on and, and all this talk, there's our open door right there to give mm. Jesus all the fame and the platform and, and to, you know, to share with him and to make him known to others. 
I think a couple of things that pointed that you pointed out that are really standing out to me is um, when we are with one another. So whether that's remotely or online, you know, all of those things and how you said that we need to be encouraging. Um, my husband and I, obviously, he's, you know, feeling the weight of this, too, and how it impacts our church and services and all of those things. You know, there are so many questions, even for church leaders. Yes. And um, and so one of the big things that we were chatting about even this morning and with our staff and and our church family is just reminding one another of gratitude, what God yes. has given. And even mm-hmm. as we worshiped kind of awkwardly, you know, um, mm-hmm. in alongside our staff and then our church wasn't there, you know, yesterday, mm-hmm. um, this past Sunday. And so there was just this flood of, God, I'm thankful for technology when technology can be the very thing that's driving us crazy. You know, yes. um, I'm thankful for the people that are volunteering and the staffs that are working like crazy um, to yes. try to get online and those kind of things. And so I think it's really reminded me to constantly bend toward gratitude and thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And then yes. another thing that you said that really kind of stands out is our our drive to sacrifice for others. And so, um, you know, it is such a complete counter to what the world is doing with the hoarding and trying to make sure, you know, that they're okay. And so this is a beautiful opportunity of the church to give freely, of the yes. church to reach out and be mm-hmm. um a listening voice, but also a steady voice of, we don't know, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, we don't know what the news cycle is going to say, you know, or mm-hmm. what government is going to do or what's going to shut down next, but we do know Jesus and that yes. ultimately is better. And so yes. I love just your encouragement in just trying to steady ourselves. I think that's the biggest thing, you know, to, mm-hmm. to steady ourselves on the word and on scripture and then look out and see what opportunities God is going to give us in order to be able to share the love of Jesus. And so I love that encouragement Mm -hmm. today. And I'm real curious, just, I mean, we've got to wrap up, which is really hard, Um, (laughs) but I'm curious, just kind of final moments that we've got with our women leaders. How would you encourage them just in this time, in this moment, maybe it's a leadership nugget that you've got, um, whatever maybe like kind of comes to mind, how would you just close out and encourage our women listening today? I would encourage our women that um, to follow what God has spoken for you to do. You know, the call and the giftings that he has given you to do according to scripture. And uh, we mentioned that a little bit earlier. There might be doubt. There might be, you know, a woman goes to a seminary class and and she sees I'm the only woman. So immediately there's doubt, there's question and what God has called us to do and how we are serving the the um, churches that he's put us in, in our respective roles, you know, whether it's with women or children or um, the administration team or what have you, there's that doubt that seeps into women because we don't see a lot of examples out there. So um, my encouragement would be to stay true to the scriptures and the affirmations that the Lord has Mm -hmm. um, given to you. And that was true in my life too. Um, That was the only thing I knew until I graduated. And even when I graduated, I still was like, okay, Lord, (laughs) tell me all the details. And I had to wait for open doors to come. But there were scriptures that the Lord had given to me. And I would just hold on to them. One was a a scripture in um, Tychicus, um, of Tychicus. And um, another one was in um, Colossians and just various scriptures. So I would encourage the women to find a couple of scriptures, not find them, but ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit to give them to you to encourage you during those times. And I think a lot of people too, they don't know how to encourage women leaders. You know, there's not, Mm, um, 
a lot in our lives or in our example. And so um, it's not that people are trying to be mean or ignore. They really don't know how to encourage. I've heard people say, I don't know what to say to my pastor's wife or my woman's leader. I really don't yeah. because they yeah. live in a whole different uh, type of a, a job description or task than, than I normally do. So, and I, and I just remember that one passage in scripture is that, you know, when we gather together a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song, that is our verbiage to one another. That is our encouragement as believers in the body of Christ to do that, to do just that, encourage each other with those things, the songs, the hymns, when we gather together, not the, the things of the world. So I would encourage um, the women to do that. And then also Colossians 2, 8 through 10 comes to mind. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the element spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. And that's in Colossians chapter two, verses eight and 10. And there is this, this spin nowadays out in this world where everything is kind of self and I and me and really pointing women in the direction of Jesus and focusing on Jesus mm -hmm. and focusing yeah. on what he has for us to do and studying his word from that perspective, um, not in, you know, what does the Bible say for me, but the author and the author's intent of scripture in an exegesis format of reading and studying and, and teaching God's word. And so that, that would be another challenge in culture, trying to gently but lovingly guide people back to Christ, um, not to ourself as the whole world is telling everybody to do. Mm. And that's what the culture is focusing on, you know, yeah. me, myself and I, but instead um, guiding people back to Christ, back to God, back to his directives of scripture and his word and encouraging people to plant there and stay there and grow there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, Simone, you have given so much um, just good practical advice today, I think. Um, and we are so encouraged about hearing all that God is doing through you, um, through Gateway Seminary in Arizona, and um, just all of the different ways that God is opening doors for you. And so we are thankful mm -hmm. for you. We, we're thankful for you pouring into all different kinds of women leaders in different stages in life and all of those things. And so um, I will make sure to put some connection points like your website and how to connect with you on social media in the show notes so that everybody can connect with you. Um, but we are just so, so thankful for you oh. that you are in our tribe and that you are loving Jesus well and that you are ministering open-handedly to those well, in Arizona. You. Thank you. You're welcome. And to God be the glory. Great things he has done. All the glory yes. to him. <laughs> yes. And as always, ladies, thank you so much for spending your day or morning whenever you're listening to this, your run with us at, at the table. And so I hope that you will share this with other women leaders in the SBC and that you will join us next, next week for another episode. You guys have a great week.